Thank God it's Friday. You're listening to TJF, the horror movie podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favourite or not-so-favourite horror movies with your host, me, Kat. This week I am joined by co-host of the Married with Children podcast and creator of the B&W All Night podcast, Tyler. Welcome. Ooh, thank you, Kat. We've uh, we've been chatting for like an hour, so we're Uh already ready to go. Ready to talk about spooky ghosts. Before that, um, tell us a little bit about your podcasts. Uh, Yes. Um, Well, Kat, as you said, uh, my name is Tyler. Hi, everybody. I am one of uh, eight co-hosts of the Married with Children podcast. Um, It's a podcast going through the entire show, Married with Children. You can find it on Hulu, uh, American listeners. I don't know what anybody else can find it on. (laughs) Um, It's a great show. We go through it episode by episode. Um, me and my partner Steven uh, do every fourth episode, and sometimes we switch it up. Um, and she also mentioned the <laughs> B and W or Black and White All Night, a podcast that is currently being in development by myself, very very slowly. It will air soon. Um, Amazing. I'm putting all the I'm putting all the nuts and bolts together, but it's going <laughs> to go through all movies black and white anything in the black oh, wow. and white medium and i'm looking forward to that i i am too it, the, every time i look at the picture i'm just like fuck uh sorry <laughs> uh, sorry cat if you don't want swear words. no no um <laughs> i say this as soon as someone apologizes i'm like i'm australian like i had to put an explicit marker on because i'll swear and not even know that i'm swearing so oh that's right you're australian no cunt 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad. No, my dad doesn't listen to this. Don't worry. (laughs) He won't be offended. Oh, I hope my dad listens to this and he will not be offended. He will laugh. My dad's ex military. He won't be offended. (laughs) My dad's invented the world. He absolutely won't. (laughs) But uh, yeah, black and white all night. I'm so excited for it. When it comes on, let me, uh, you got your listeners will love it. But I'm here to talk about Poltergeist with Kat. I'm so excited. (laughs) <laughs> we've been uh tyler and i've been talking about doing this for months and it's always like we'll organize it and then i'm like ah or tyler's had work and i don't even what it's like 2 a.m over your way now 1 47 a.m oh okay or in military so time uh 1 47 never mind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is back when it's all normal <laughs> well here it is 1647 so 1600 hours and 47 minutes. Uh, Damn, that's a lot of time, girl. Yeah. You've been waiting 1,600 hours for me. <laughs> there I'm <was> dying. A, <laughs> I remember being a kid and watching a Scooby-Doo movie, uh, Scooby-Doo in the, uh, I forget, but uh, they go, uh, there's this military dude and he goes, I expect you all out there in 2,300 uh, 2300 hours. Wait, not 20, uh 1,400 hours. And then they start eating pizza. And he goes, like he said, 1,400 hours, man. That's a lot of time. But wait, 1,400 hours means two, uh, 2 o'clock. Wait, 4 o'clock. Yeah. 2 o'clock? Good. 2 o'clock. We only have an hour. And I was like, oh, shit. And I'm like, mom, what the hell was that about? <laughs> oh, you didn't know. See, I was raised by my dad, like I said, in the military. So I knew how to read 2,400 time when I was like eight. No, Americans like, you gotta do learn it how to better. Read this. 
No, he had it on his had... dashboard camera, like his dashboard clock, and that's how I learned how to read it. <laughs> no, you see, Americans realize the rest of the world has 24 hours, and we said, fuck <laughs> that, and we just made AM or PM. We don't need to count to 24, Cat. We only need to count to 12. Only, well, at least it's only 12 numbers you've got to remember. 12 combinations of numbers. Exactly. I wake up, I see 6 o'clock, there's no light outside, I go back to sleep. No, it's AM. Oh, AM. It's daylight saving too. So, so it's like, oh, it's dark until like 5 AM? I don't know. They're I'm, like savings. It's more like, like daylight loans. Oh, no. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm, ba- oh, I'm oh, bad at I'm bad at stand-up. Cut that. Oh, join the club. Cut that. No, I'm not. Oh. So you've chosen to talk about Poltergeist. So a little bit about the movie. Poltergeist is an American 1982 supernatural horror film directed by the one and only Toby Hooper, produced by Steven Spielberg and released by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, which is really surprising because it being a horror film um, on June 4th, 1982, it is the first and most successful of the Poltergeist film trilogy and was nominated for three Academy Awards. Deserves cool. every single one of them. And by the way, you mentioned MJM uh, to yeah. our non-cinematic, culturally blind listeners. I love you all. You're not blind, but MGM. <laughs> think of the lion, lion roaring. Yeah. Which, lion. by the way, cat, yeah. that every time that demon appears and makes that roar, yeah. it's the MGM lion's roar. It is, isn't it? I thought so. It when I heard it, to I was be. like. That's, I know that. <laughs> you thought it too, thank God. Because when, she, it's, when it's like growling at her, I'm like, it does a second growl, and I'm like, that's the MGM that now was the for one. sure. Yeah, where you're just like, where did you get this soundbite? <gasps> Maybe it was the ghost of the lion. Because you know that ghost, is that lion's dead, right? Oh, that lion 100% has to be dead by now. They stepped on Absolutely. its tail enough to get that roar, and it, it just... <laughs> I'm th- I'm sorry i've got i got cat hair again what the f- my my cat just plants it in my mouth when she's not I mean, even in here i mean you got oh god i'm sorry Don't I, say was it. Say, I was said you have pussy hair so you're <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> i do though it's still like on my shirt and in my mouth <laughs> this is new this is new everyone my cat I mean, molting. Keep, keep that pussy away from your mouth and you'll be I'm, fine. Oh, but... She's just molting everywhere. It's, okay, I'm fine. All right. She just, Folks, I'm watching her right now and she just started <laughs> peeling parts of her cheek off. <laughs> Get it off me. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Want a steak cat? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's no, crawling across the table now. <laughs> that scene really grossed me out, by the way. I was laughing because okay. I don't think they expected oh, those... 4K TVs to be watching it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It looked, it looked like a Flintstone, looked like a, a steak that Fred Flintstone would have taken out. <laughs> you were just like that. Does not look okay to consume at all. And what, what you cook it in a house with a poltergeist? What the fuck? Like, why is anyone cooking? That confused me. Uh... I'm like, when he said, "I'm gonna go get some food," I thought he was gonna grab his keys and go to McDonald's. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's just going down to Burger King or something? No. Um, so, okay. <laughs> uh, I love the opening of this film because it's uh, a 
it's nighttime and the family are all asleep and their dog E-Buzz is going around and like looking for snacks. E-Buzz. I E-Buzz. never remembered the dog's name. That's adorable. I I love it. I was just he's a massive hairy, I think he's a golden retriever. Mhm. Yeah. And later in the end of the movie when he's uh laying down next to um next to Diane in the bathroom, he looks exactly exactly like the golden retriever in the opening of Goosebumps. Oh really? I didn't even notice. It gets the yellow eyes. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. I'm going to have to have a look. I lo- oh, like the opening credits. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's easy. They're on Netflix. I'm going to watch that. <laughs> oh, it's it's a good time. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I tried to get my you. nieces to watch it. And they were like, they called me and were like, Annika, this is boring. And I was like, what the what? fuck? Stop watching Stay it then. The- Stay out of the base. Oh, Night and Terror Tower scared the crap out of me as a little oh, kid. Oh, yeah. I can't oh. remember what really got me. I'd have to go back and watch them again because I can't remember the names of them. But um, anything with Slappy in it, I was like, no, no, oh, no. I was never, I never had a problem with dummies like that. Honestly, that clown in this, uh, in this way, I always liked oh, puppets. Yeah. I liked oh, puppets. Really? Oh yeah, I loved Muppets. I loved puppets. I loved uh, the idea of like you know marionettes and stuff like that. I found yeah. them very interesting and cool. And I always wondered why so many people were afraid of them. Just clown that un uncanny valley vibe that they give off and you're just like ew there's something yeah. wrong with you i don't it, know i I'm never understood why uh, i uh, it's something that 99 percent of the pe- population fears but it never bothered me and it always wondered like is something wrong with me like do i want am i a puppet do i want to be a puppet <laughs> is that what i'm gonna do in the next life um, am i a real boy am i a real boy <laughs> I'm a real boy. <laughs> so Ebuzz, I love that he um the under uh Robbie's pillow is a packet of chips and he like drags them and starts eating them and then he's like looking at everybody else's pillows to see if they've <gasps> hidden away oh, snacks. You, you just helped tie a note together that I didn't have. Um I wrote down later <laughs> when they were having breakfast, Robbie's being a little shit boy talking about uh she left crumbs all in my bed yeah no, no you dumbass it was your chips oh i hate <laughs> robbie i wish that tree would have ate him yeah me too um so in the living room uh their dad is like asleep on a recliner and carol Looked like and- me watching poltergeist <laughs> earlier <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, their youngest daughter, Caroline, who looks like the biggest sweetheart in the whole wide world. Um, he yeah, is... she looks creepy as fuck. She is creepy. <laughs> she looks like um, you know, the haircuts in Village of the Jammed. <laughs> They're all got yes, her. we know all your secrets. That is her. I love we that know movie. All your secrets. My niece once cut her own hair, and I was like, damn, you look like you're from Village of the Damned. She's like, I don't know what that is. You're thinking, I look very creepy. Now you're thinking, how did they know what I was thinking? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to watch that tonight. I love that movie. It's so. Oh, well, I've actually never seen the movie. I only know The Simpsons parody. That's what I was quoting. (laughs) Oh, so you're going to love this. Um, oh, I oh, haven't a... seen that Simpsons episode because I wasn't allowed to watch the Simpsons growing up. 
All right. Basically, anytime. That. Sorry, it's fine. That's a, that's horrible. That's horrible. I'll send you the DVDs. Don't worry. It'll be fine. It'll be cool. But <laughs> <laughs> but no, like Carol Ann. Everyone thinks she's so adorable. I'm seeing that kid, and I'm like, "You're a devil child. No, go away." <laughs> Hello. She's what so are you doing? I'd be like, the second I woke up and heard my saw my daughter, they stand and watch her talking into this TV, TV. Yeah. for a long time. And I'm like, I had Stop the it. same thought. I had the same thought with um The Shining. Hello, Mrs. Torrance. No, you gotta put a fucking stop to that right now, lady. Like you can have a you it is totally fine. It is totally fine for you to have an imaginary friend. (laughs) But once you start talking to real things like that in a weird voice, uh uh-uh. No, 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 no. You're going to get a spanking. A little loud. (laughs) Because she's, um, she, the, whatever's in the TV is talking to her, but nobody else can hear it. But she's just responding to the TV and she's like, I can't hear you. You know, like you have to talk louder. And I was like, get away from the fucking TV. Is it sad? Just cool about it. (laughs) Is it sad that (laughs) when she said, I can't hear you? I can't. All I kept thinking was, oh, scary movie too. When when the girl's walking down the hallway, it's like, check the music room. What? (laughs) Check the music (laughs) room. room. I can't hear you. Check the fucking music room. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Oh my god. It ruined every time someone tries to pull the hole. What? What was that? What was that? And I'm just like, you know Fucking what? Idiot? Just scream at you. <laughs> I said get out of the house, you dumb bitch. <laughs> I think they want us out of here. <laughs> you think? <laughs> So after her rendezvous with the TV, life just goes back to normal for for this for the Freeling family. Um, this is probably my favorite scene in the entire movie because uh, Stephen, the father, and his friends are all watching um, the the football match of a football game. Sorry. Oh, see, uh, you're totally uh, sorry, Cat. You totally skipped by. I have it in my notes. Starred. What did I skip? Uh, fat guy on bike carrying beer is hilarious. <laughs> Because there's a long ass scene of this fat man puffing and puffing his little flip flop feet on this bike that he looked like he stole (laughs) off some neighborhood kid. And these little shit boy kids are like sending remote control cars to like tear him down. He falls, the beer explodes in our like spraying. He runs in and that's up. Day, it, what's the older sister's name? Uh, Dana. It is Dana. Why do you yeah. have a mother named Diane and a, and a daughter named Dana? Nuh-uh. But she's standing there in a bathrobe towel, and she's eating pickles, and I thought was a bowl of ice cream, and I'm like, this leads to my theory <laughs> oh, that she's whoring herself out around this neighborhood when she's not at home. I'll put a pinpoint. No, no, I'm not making a joke. I, I really I think know. she is. <laughs> I think she is, but no, like she's like, damn it, he almost saw me in my in my bathrobe. Not while my parents are home. 
Frank, whatever that guy's name is, but he's just so weird. It's such a strange scene. Because <laughs> he's going to the football gathering, isn't he? Because he's running into the house to watch the football game. Spraying beer all the way through the living room while all yeah. the people gather around. It's so adorable. Gather around that like 14 inch TV. 12 inch. I'm being Good generous. <laughs> But oh. I love that him and his neighbor are having like the remote control battle. <laughs> oh, the remote control thing. That's real stuff, too. That just cracked me up. I just thought that was so great. How he's like, I'm trying to watch the football. And he's like, well, I want to watch Mr. Rogers. And they're like, typical men, like just flicking the remote control, like, fuck you. <laughs> did you ever have a remote that did that? Back in the um, day. I have one that does it in my house because we have a larger TV in our living room and then my grandma has like a smaller version of the TV in her bedroom. And so when she'll like click to turn like YouTube on, it'll turn on in like the living room TV and I'm like, hey, I'm watching something out here. And I have and to like... I know, dearie. I'm telling you what to watch. <laughs> I'm watching Dr. Phil on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> But I realized that I could like stand in the living room and flick it around and like fuck with her. And she's like, what's going on with my TV? And I was like, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love that. Um, Diane is just tidying up the house. She's vacuuming and she finds um, Carol Ann's canary dead. Um, Tweety. Tweety, you've done this on a school day. Uh, she attempts to flush it, but Carol, but she takes a really long time because Carol Ann eventually is like, "Uh, what?" And then just give it to the to dog, give... eat it, like... <laughs> some protein. Uh, one of the things I loved about Poltergeist and why it's my favorite horror movie—you can still hear me, right, Cat? Yes, of course I can. Okay, good. Uh, because I can't see you, I want to make sure. <laughs> All right, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's the attention to why burial and life after death and specifically how humans relate to that, why that's so important. Yeah. And it, it, it really clinched my thought process when the, um, when the boss says later in the movie, it's not like it's an ancient tribal burial ground. They're just people. Yeah. And it, it's like, mm, similar yeah. to how your sister would have said, like, uh, how you might have said to yourself, it's not like it's, you know, people's graves. They're, it's just, they're just animals. Well, yeah. where do we draw the line? It's, it, it's, it's fascinating that yeah. they bring that kind of stuff up. And it kind of shows also that Carol Ann is pretty, um, at her age, kind of like, okay with death. Because Can she get a goldfish? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like after she goes out into the garden and buries her um buries her canary in it was in a like a coffin, but it was like a box where she's put in like a It was in a king a it was in King Edward's cigar box, aka oh. mom and dad's weed box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. They're so um very open about it in this film. And I think maybe that was the start of like a revolution in the eighties, like where weed wasn't seen as this highly criminal thing. Yeah. Maybe for white people. Well, <laughs> later on they say how old Diane is. 
She's 31. Oh, I mean 32. Sorry, I forgot my wife's age. And, <laughs> and uh, this would be 82, 72, 62. Yeah. So they grew up and they were probably teenagers as the sexual and hippie revolution was ending. Yeah. So oh, for sure. It, it's just, it fits with their age. Yeah. I love that um, Robbie's in the tree and he's like, when it rots, can we dig up the bones? That'd be my nieces. <gasps> when it rots, they... can we dig up the bones? Foreshadow. Robbie is really worried because there's a big storm brewing. Um, but they, she, you know, uh, Diane puts him to bed, and Diane, Stephen, basically hang out in their bedroom getting stoned. Um, and Diane's a little bit worried about um, Carol Ann. Uh, from you know a couple of nights before because when she was a child she was a chronic sleepwalker and she tells a story about how she sleptwalked through her entire neighborhood for like four blocks and fell asleep in the back of a guy's car and he was like convicted of being a pedophile or something yeah (laughs) well she said um she laughs at this but i'm guessing this is like a trauma response for her because she's like oh my dad checked me for bruises and hickeys and i was like okay that it's like, yeah, because she knew she was fine. She had just fallen asleep in this guy's car. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Her... You got a daughter who knows all about hickeys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, you saw that uh... big ass hickey she had at the end of the movie, right? Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh we'll get because to... I know there's this comment that she makes, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I I never paid attention to the absence of Dana. Like, she totally pulls a. Chucky from Happy Days and just like walks up the stairs and is never <laughs> seen <shit>. again. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but um, Diane's expressing her her concerns because they're building a swimming pool and she's worried that uh, Carol Ann will eventually wander outside and into the swimming pool. And um, Stephen says that he talks about how back from his diving days that he'll make sure everything's fine. He'll dive in to save her. <laughs> And I was like, what the hell is this conversation? Oh, it's adorable. <laughs> it's so it is, ador- it's so lovely. Like I be- they they okay, so oh, do you, I am just going to refer to them as their names. I I used to remember the actors names, but um uh, yeah. But like Steve and Diane, the actors have such good chemistry. Like I yeah. totally believe they're married and have been married for a very long time. But yeah. a question the, all right, so do you think, and if anybody's listening to this, I hope you've seen the movie, because we're I'm going to keep spoiling the crap out we're, of it. We're ruining it. <laughs> yes, we're ruining the crap out of it. Spoiler alert for like 30 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> uh, so Steve's boss, he, do, he yeah. does he know, he knows that there's bodies under there, right? Yes. Because... Yeah. And he knows they're building a pool. Why yeah. doesn't he? Would wouldn't that like pop up? Like, hey, you know what? You know what sounds good, Steve? Above ground pools. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna play dumb when he's like, oh, I didn't know they were there. Like, you're gonna dig up a body eventually, because they even say that pool's gonna be like what, 10, 20 feet deep. Right. Yeah, yeah, t- ten or twelve foot deep or something. Like you're gonna scoop up a coffin eventually. Like it's yeah, uh, it's gonna happen. 
more humor, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, back in the children's room, Robbie uh, is still awake because of this, um, the tree outside his window in the thunderstorm. And then is it the tree he... or is it the clown? Well, it's the tree. And then he's like, realized that the clown's at the end of his bed and he's like, oh no, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and so he covers it up with a jacket so he doesn't have to look at it while he's sleeping. Hey, Which Robbie. I'm too seeing that thing there. Ew. See, I'm just thinking of like the cla- uh, Tim Curry from It. Hey, Robbie, <laughs> why are you Ooh. putting that blanket over me? Let's get under <laughs> it together. <laughs> See, I'm a clown uh, in a sewer. What do you want? That. <laughs> what do you want from me? Um, <laughs> eventually, Robbie goes into his parents' room, who are high as balls, mm. and. Uh, he's like the storm's still going so Stephen takes him back to his room and he tells him that you can gauge the distance of the storm by counting between when the lightning strikes and the thunder hits and so he has this really nice moment with his son where he's like don't worry like it's it's moving further away don't don't panic I couldn't remember if my parents taught me that or if I learned that from this movie but I distinctly remember always knowing that like you count and that how many seconds you count is how many miles away the storm really is. Yeah, I heard something like that as a kid too. It sounds like some bullshit, but it, <laughs> it worked. It, it really did work. It gave me some sense of like, I could control, I could I could yeah. understand the storm. <laughs> yeah. I love that Carol Ann's like on her little plastic phone and she's like, dad, they want to talk to you. <laughs> and he's like, take a message for me. She's like, dad said he'd like to take a message right now. Oh, <laughs> And now that's just making me think, was she, is it fake talking? Who's she talking to? Yeah. Oh, dear. Is yeah, it the creepy, beast? Right? Uh, the children sit in bed and they're counting, um, you know, the time between lightning and thunder when all of a sudden lightning hits right outside. And even that, like that bit scared me because I wasn't expecting it. But the way that the lightning hit the tree and it like, lit up the entire sky like storms here scare me i live on the coast and so we get a lot of like crazy coastal storms and they are terrifying (laughs) and so storms even in movies scare me (laughs) that's so cute you need you need a you need a thunder buddy (laughs) i do his name is huggle bear (laughs) i've had him since i was five (laughs) My cat ends up under my bed because she's terrified of storms. Um, So they end up um, sleeping in their parents' bed. And um, so uh, the television, I think it's in the room, goes, turns on and off again. I have some television history from America that you'd like to know. All right. So back in the day, there were only three channels. Uh, They were, uh, there was channel one, two, and three. Sometimes if you had a really, really big antenna, you could sometimes capture a couple others, uh, local channels. But there were three main broadcast ones. They were on Channel 3, by the way. And (laughs) get this. Back in the day, there was literally not enough content being made to where the major broadcast networks had enough to air 24-7. So at a very specific time, it change from region to region um yeah they would sign off 
what you were seeing is, and I believe at that point they were still doing the stars and stripes thing. Uh, that they would it would sing the national uh, anthem. Yeah, that would be if you woke up in the middle of the night or you heard that going, turn the TV off because there's not going to be anything after that. And I think it yeah. sings for a quite. It's like an extended ten minute long thing, and oh it would just go. Uh, yeah, just static out kind of thing. There would be nothing there. So that is actually mm. something that would happen. It was very common, apparently, to yeah. wake up, if you let your TV on, to having snow fuzz. Um, so the static wakes up Carol Ann, and she gets out of bed, and she kind of, like, touches the screen. And as she touches the screen, a skeletal hand, um, which is, like, all little small bulbs together, um, touches back from the inside. Um, so I thought that was really creepy because I've, I saw the remake uh, before I watched this one and I like how they did it in the remake, but I kind of like the orbs in this for the spiritual realm. It, that's the, th- I, the remake, uh, you brought it up. I thought the remake did a few things really good, but it, tried to make certain things it's like they interpreted oh well they only had small little white bulbs because that's all they had back then we've got cgi we can do anything no there's a there's something about not knowing what it looks like what's going on that keeps the mystery the show don't tell whether that was accidental or not yeah it like no don't show that what i loved in the new poltergeist where they showed where carol ann was where you saw the other side i loved that there are many arms around her she feels safe oh and then you see all those arms like Mm. only a child would interpret that as nice like you're seeing it for what we know and it's terrifying so yeah yeah i but i get what you're saying so me personally though i love these lands of these lights i love these little whispers oh yeah oh it's so creepy oh yeah i love it that the um the lights are now coming out of the tv and they're like moving around the house because we do see them coming out and up the wall above the bed and um carol ann says they're here so, so that's them getting shot into the house, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So they weren't in the house to begin with. So, it's... Uh, no, they were like on the other side or whatever the in between kind of world but, that they've that they do discuss here. Well, but there's, but they're still in the in between. They're just yeah. in the in between. In the house. In between your house, like I, I, I'm just. I was, this is the first time I've had an actual like real discussion about poltergeist. Oh. Usually, it's just wow. Remember that scene, or ooh, that scared me so much as a kid, or ooh, this or ooh, that. Like now that we're going through it, I'm like, so were they always in the house, or were, yeah. was that just or them going arrive? like, hey, bitch, we're here? I'm like, yeah. now you need to know. Uh, it's mm, it's interesting. In the in the remake, they don't do that at all. Hmm. They stay kind of trapped in that in between. See, and I think that's better. 
I, I, I that's yeah. one thing I think the move the, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect <laughs> sense. This is making me think that they were always there to begin with, and they were just using the TV to connect with it, and that the yeah. electricity. I interpreted the electricity as a kid as like, oh, they've always been here, but now we know they're here. Yeah. It's not this yeah. little kid's imagination. True. But she seems to be the only one that knows they're there as well. Or the only one that can is... hear them or wants to hear Oh, can them. communicate with them. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, oh wait, that... wait, no, no, no. I actually remember. Thank you for bringing that up. Okay, so there's a little line of dialogue I never picked up ever because it's the first time I ever watched this movie and actually took notes for, for a reason. Oh, yeah? So uh, Steven's taught walking with his boss on that creepy hill, and he goes, Yeah. So uh, one of your three children was born in that house, right? Yeah, Carol Ann. Oh. Mm-hmm. I never, ever, really ever knew that. That's what makes her special. She was born there. Yeah. She's got like a super mega connection to the house. She is the first human born in that house yeah. upon that land. That would make a lot of sense. Okay. I Because I always wondered... Why is it Carol Ann? Is it just because the yeah. innocent of some child? Not much younger than Robbie. Like, yeah, what? true. But I get it. Robbie's a disgusting little shit boy. If I was a ghost, <laughs> I wouldn't want to talk with him either. <laughs> little turd. <laughs> yeah, I'd be calling the five-year-old girl anyway. Ooh, you know what? Nope, nope, nope. I'd haunt Dana. Ghost, yeah. Ghost Hickey. <laughs> oh, God. so the next day the family are at breakfast and the night before there was also like uh, a mini earthquake in the house and Stephen (laughs) Steve's really confused why no one else noticed and it's kind of like what the fuck what what do you mean you don't know um Diane's asking Carol Ann what she meant by they're here and Carol Ann says the tv people leading Robbie to conclude she's stoned he knows the context in oh and what to is, say that oh and what do you know about that more than you i'm like oh <laughs> god i hate them so much but i love it <laughs> i love the dynamics between the kids uh but dana's actually at well dana is actually at the table at this point and she does her homework well she's doing her homework but um Robbie has spilt milk and, you know, Dana pisses off because she's annoyed at the the mess that's been made. Um, But also at this time, Robbie looks down at his cutlery and notices that they are also bent. Mm -hmm. Which that's something I I always forget. I always forget that. Yeah. If you ask me to, which I thought I knew this movie by heart. If you ask me, like, what happens at the breakfast table, I would be like, mother asked Carol Ann, there's, there's creepy-ass laborers outside, um, <laughs> then the chair Work things the happen. Pool. Yes. I would have so forgotten the that, whole... That's uh, right after this, yeah, because the kids go to school, but Carol Ann obviously stays home because she... Oh, is... wait, 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 you can't... You, go to school? You can't, you can't brush over this. Ro- oh, no, I won't. Robbie goes to school, Dana goes to school but decides to chit-chat a little bit on the way out using some hand gestures. 
What is the hand gestures? Oh, you don't remember this? With those creepy laborers going, I love oh, you. Oh, that's right. Look at that. I love me a nice little twat in the morning. I, okay, he says like hottie oh, yeah. tot, but I swear he said twat. And then he's like, I love you. And oh, that's in funny. my mind, I'm like, is she going to flash them? No, no, no. That's what I thought. I was she, like, oh my God, she's like she, 15. Don't do that. But she goes, uh, it's an Italian symbol for shove it up your ass. Uh, yes. Gives him yeah, a, another one. Because it's not, uh, then I'm like, oh, she's going to give him the finger. Nope. She yeah. gives him the up to Smash your sh- up to your elbow. like. And um, the mom is just going, oh, my daughter. And I'm just like, um, I would go out there and be like, guess what? Rude. No, no, no. Guess what? All y'all are fired. And if I see yes. you on my property again, and the, o- the owner of the, whoever's running you guys, building my pool for free and if i see any of you in near my house again i'm calling the police it's sexual perverts it's disgusting yeah um so um diane i think i don't know where she's been but she comes into the kitchen and notices that the oh she was are all stacked she was in the, the uh, she was in the bathroom and oh, okay. the dog is barking at uh, the, the hole roof. in the in their bat uh, bedroom wall. Yeah, and um, he, I love how he brings his toy there and like sits down and he's like, "Yeah, you, whoever's up there, are you going to take it? You want to play? Let's play. Throw the ball for me." Um, so she notices that. Well, she is beginning to realize that there's a presence in her home. And she's not terrified or anything. Um, and Stephen comes home later that afternoon and she basically is like, get inside, get inside. I've got to show you this cool new, I've got to show you this really amazing thing that I fucking found in the kitchen. It's really amazing. And on the floor, she's put like masking tape down to like note when, like when the the chairs were stopping <laughs> and like the go point. Mommy so didn't make any dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Pizza Hut later. You snitch. Like, I just love that because I'm like, oh yeah, she's done nothing all day but this. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I haven't told Robbie and Dana because they'll just tell everyone. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> Robbie can't keep his mouth shut. Like, I love that. She just don't like him. <laughs> I just love that they're bringing up how much how much contempt that she, they have for both of their children. They just love Carol yeah. Ann. And she's a creepy just ghost Ellen. kid. So they kind of failed all the way. Like... <laughs> <laughs> our kids so she... suck don't they steve <laughs> but caroline's okay we, we can keep her the others will just bully until they leave remember uh, if we leave one behind we leave both dana and robbie <laughs> don't worry about everyone else <laughs> so she shows um, she shows steve <laughs> with a chair first that it moves from one side of the room to the other and then puts this really cute like helmet on caroline and sits her on the ground to also be like propelled across like not propelled she like moves slowly across the room um and i love that they go over to their neighbor's house and i swear they're heaps high at this point but um they're like asking ben if he's had anything weird happen in his house and they're like scratching. I don't know what what they're scratching for. Mosquitoes. The mosquitoes are yeah. biting the shit out of them. And I'm like, where did the mosquitoes come from? I okay. So I think the mosquitoes 
are there because the storm is coming, but it's a, but it's a, uh, but it's a ghost storm and it seems to be like centered right over their house. So it's like these things can control the weather. So the mosquitoes are out, but they're, they're concentrated literally just over their their house. house. Yeah. I think says, yeah, Mr. Tuthill, Ben Tuthill. He's like, nothing's happening here. What are you talking about? Tuthill. So later that night, there is a, another storm, and the the tree outside of Robbie's bedroom window comes to life and basically just grabs him from his bed, um, which is, like, scary as fuck for me, because oh. that tree is really creepy looking. Huh. I, you just... You just connected another dot in my head because there was a part, a nagging part of me that was like, oh, come on. Okay, I'll get with the idea that the ghost could alter the weather and stuff like that. But Nature. how are they pup? How are they puppeting a damn tree? I thought it's only dead things that like come back. <gasps> oh, the tree it's, is dead. Because it's a dead tree. <laughs> and it's I think mad. Robbie even mentions that. Um when he tells his dad that the big old dead tree, and it's been is here scary. long. It's been here long before us, so yeah. it's an out. It's a it's a metaphor to the uh, creatures that are already there that that have all passed away. And that tree's yeah. like that little disgusting shit boy was climbing on me earlier. The second they it. make me come back, I'm grabbing him. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. He's he's. I'm gonna kill him. He's gonna dead kill to him. me. And the audience will love me for him. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also that there is a distraction for the family to run off and uh, pay attention to that because the ghosts are trying to get Carol Ann alone. So while Diane and Stephen are rescuing Robbie and this tree is like fucking, it's got a mouth and Robbie's like in it. Um, I was just like, I was so stressed the first time I watched this. Because I was like, oh my god, just get him already, Steve. Why are you taking so long to climb the tree? It's probably because he's like, the slower I climb, the more likely it is that Robbie's going to get eaten by this tree. (laughs) If I just take my time. And Dana is where during this? Yes, she's in her bedroom on the phone. While there's a tree smashing into the uh, and everybody's <laughs> out screaming at the top of their lungs she what? does come out when the tornado leaves <laughs> like and she's like oh you guys it was a tornado it must have just skimmed us um so while this is all happening caroline is sucked through this portal that has opened up in her closet and um, I really loved this scene. And I know that the actress who played Carol Ann, um, Heather O'Rourke, was terrified in this in this moment uh, to the point where they actually stopped filming and were just like, okay, don't worry about it. Um, we don't have to do this anymore. Like, Oh, I believe it. Like, yeah, it, it would have been so me. terrifying for her. Yeah, it scared me too. And like, I only started, I only watched this for the first time maybe – month or two ago <gasps> wow but i've watched it four times since then <laughs> oh wow like that because like that's so fascinating to me because i'm usually the person who has just seen something that everybody else has seen oh, really? just recently like I'm s- <laughs> yeah i'm still catching up on classics so. yeah. but poltergeist was 
I think it was the first and maybe only horror movie I ever watched with my entire family that my parents wanted me to watch with it. My mom loved it because it's totally like a mom. I am going to save my baby. Yeah. Like, yeah. But she would grab me many, many times when we're watching this. Like, I think it's when Caroline gets (laughs) grabbed. Like, I remember her just like inching closer to me on the couch. So this must be a horrific scene for any parent to watch. Oh, absolutely. Because when they rush back into the room, because Caroline's been, she does get sucked through this portal and then the room goes back to being like, cause it, all the, uh, the furniture and the toys are being sucked into the wardrobe as well. And then like, it just all falls dead and it's completely silent and the family run in and they're just like, um, where the hell is she? And they can't find her anywhere until they hear her through the television set. And yeah, I really like that bit because um, like Diane is so emotional when she hears her voice. Mm-hmm. And like, you, how, like, how are you in there? And listeners, I love saying that like it's my podcast. I'm sorry, but any but <laughs> anybody listening right now, if you haven't watched this, you have to because yeah. Kat just described the uh, the scene in a way a screenplay would. But the difference is a director knows what they're doing and it should play like in my mind. I even wrote down my notes. They totally could have had it. They did not find her in the closet. And then Robbie immediately hears her and then they all gather around the TV cut to the next scene. But no, we spend like 45 seconds with them running through the house, screaming, looking, tearing through it, running out the pool the pool and they run into the pool like obviously she fell they were just having that conversation the previous night and yeah it's enough to make you again i've seen this movie a trillion times and it has me on edge every time the i the futility that she's got to be somewhere she didn't just vanish but this one time she did like it's how do you wrap your head around it? Ugh. Yeah. And it's and it's very emotional. This whole film from like here onwards is super emotive for me because it's just um, you know, I'm not a parent myself, but like my I have got very young nieces, and so I could I can kind of put myself in the shoes of a parent, you know, losing one of their children. Cause I'm just like, I'd be exactly the same if I lost one of my nieces to to, you know, a a supernatural event if they mm-hmm. would ever happen in my house. <laughs> And I think right after they discover that Carol Ann is in the TV, it's an immediate, almost abrupt jump cut to the yeah. uh, to, to the university. And I remember yeah. thinking this time, I'm so used to streamline storytelling where you have a horrible thing happen. Then you have a moment where the characters kind of like look around feel about it and give the audience a chance to kind of like come to terms but this one no, didn't give us any time <laughs> like it was just no boom we're right there the uni. <laughs> yeah we're right yeah. there with them in their trauma yeah because steven has looked up these uh these investigators already there's a scene where he is looking for help on the supernatural the yellow pages. and he comes across yeah he's in the yellow I'm sure that's not where you'd find the. Maybe in the 80s, you never know. Um, so he finds uh, Dr. Martha Lesh, Dr. Ryan Mitchell, and Dr. Martin Casey. 
Maybe he called Bill Murray the Ghostbusters and they were busy and they <laughs> sent them there. <gasps> Shared universe. Like, go and talk to Dr. Lesh. Uh, they are a part of our team of paranormal investigators. <laughs> they go to the house, these uh, investigators. So they're kind of like supernatural paranormal events. Um, and Stephen basically tells them what's going on and they show them the entry point of the incident, uh, the children's bedroom. So the closet in the room that Robbie and Carol Ann sh- share together. And um, uh, Dr. Lesh says something really, uh, I really liked what she said to them because they're talking about, um, you know, what you saw, what they saw and, and everything that was going on at that time. And she says, some people believe that when you die, there is a wonderful light as bright as the sun, but doesn't hurt to look into it. All the answers to all the questions you want to know are inside that light. And when you walk to it, you become part of it forever. Now, some people die, but they know they don't know they're gone. So she's trying to explain um, why there would be, you know, these supernatural beings in their house or trying to get into their house because they don't realise that they are in this, like, um, I'm going to say purgatory in a way. I'm not religious, so I don't really know much about where people go after they die besides in a coffin um yes listeners we're gonna have to really have to warn you if you're gonna listen to this we need you to go with it if even if what we talk about violates everything you feel as a human and as a christian they are not talking about christianity or jesus or any of religions and this is almost they break they 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 treat it like this is beyond that. Religion yeah. is a human thing. This goes beyond that. And to even put labels, we're calling it the light. We're calling yeah. it the beast. We're calling it them or the others. We To even give them the name is would just be pale because we don't understand. And yeah, exactly. I love Dr. Lesh. Quite frankly, yeah, me too. I think she's my favorite character of the entire uh, movie nowadays. My my favorite characters change as you get older and you become yeah. accustomed to it. Like in my mind, I always thought she shows up, she sucks, she can't do shit, and then gets freaked out and then calls Tangia and shits and gets. I totally forgot that Ryan stays and that she stays yeah. through the entire thing as well. And yeah, and then she like admits to Diane, I think, in a uh, later scene that like, yeah, I'm basically a fraud. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. She's like, I'm a psychiatrist and yeah. I've spent the past 40 years of my life doing this ghost stuff, which pretty much makes me the most irresponsible uh, person I in my profession that I know. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, I forgot she has that little monologue with Diane. Yeah, she's like, I yeah, I'm not a ghost hunter. This isn't a job, even though like that's a broom <laughs> closet your uh, your husband came to see sin. I painted the door myself. And they keep trying to paint it over and make it custodian. And I'm like, no. But I got tenure, so they can suck a dick. She didn't say all that, but like it's it's, it's how I... it was in her. She thought it exactly. So I love that. I love that she is just like I'm passionate about this, and I found a bunch yeah. of other losers who are passionate about it too. And this is like the holy grail. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for giving me this opportunity to prove it all exists. 
Um, so Stephen is going to um, basically, they're unlocking this portal door kind of thing. And um, uh, at the, <laughs> that's right. At this time, uh, Dr. Ryan is talking about how he has a video of a child's, like a matchbox car <laughs> taking seven hours to roll across the floor and how it's incredible it is because he got it on time lapse. <laughs> and Stephen's like, okay, cool. Um, anyway, I'm opening this door. <laughs> so uh, when this happens, uh, flying Hulk. Yeah. So one of the beds is spinning in the air and uh, Carol Ann's clown is laughing maniacally. And then there's like a floating lamp and toys and they're just, it's chaos at this point. (laughs) I love the floating record and the compass, which I don't know if that's what you guys call it. It's the thing that you use in math and to make a perfect circle. Uh, Yeah. It's got, is that yes. right? Yeah. Compass? Yes. Oh, yeah. That the compass flies first at Dr. Lush, but it doesn't leave the room. And then it like land, the metal part lands on the record and starts twisting around and the record starts That's playing. So cool. That's cool. Like, I don't know how it'd work uh, rationally and actually, but in this movie, it's cool. Exactly. <laughs> and it's on their all thing. I think the Hulk was CGI, but it, it like, it's all this stuff on strings flying around and that somebody said to some technician, Hey, can we have the compass land on the floating record (laughs) and then have the record spin? And then somebody put in some music in the background. So it can be like the music goes up. Uh, All right, Hooper, that's going to be like another 12 hours, but fine. We'll do it. And I'm so glad they did. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, because Spielberg will come in and take away your passes to childhood. So you betcha. <laughs> He'll steal so, your childhood. <laughs> from this, they are able to determine that the family are most likely experiencing a poltergeist rather than a haunting in its <laughs> like proper sense. <laughs> and that poltergeists are known to center themselves around an individual rather than a location. And um, because they don't just roam the halls, as Dr. Lush says. And she explains that the spirits that are hanging out with the poltergeist have not moved on to the light after death, but are stuck between these dimensions. Um, They have taken Carol Ann because as an innocent child, her life force is as bright to them as the light. And they believe that she is their salvation, basically. She is a distraction. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with her when they get her on the other side because she's just going to hang out there and be like, so um, do you guys like um, garlic bread? And again, like we we have absolutely no idea what they're doing, where she, no. where Carol Ann is, where what's what she sees, what what they're seeing, how they're interacting with her. And you know what? Perfect. It makes it yeah. so much more terrifying. But I yeah. I do want to point out one of my funny one of my I, I just I never caught all the humor in this movie that's timed yeah. so right like I don't think it's right to say that your house is exactly haunted and then the fucking coffee thermos like slides away from her hand <laughs> and she uh, she just stares at it but continues talking uh 
of a hunting is um it's like the house is like really bitch <laughs> we're haunting and poltergeist you better you better explain <laughs> <laughs> and then she explains it um, that, that it stops like oh okay you got it <laughs> all right you know what you're talking about um so diane is she turns on the te- the the television the television um basically to show dr lash like how they talk to caroline um, and she also turns it to a particular channel because she says that this is where Caroline's voice transmits the best. I believe it's the same channel that uh, was on when Caroline um, made contact for the first time. They're here. Uh, yeah. Channel three. Um, channel three. Diane knows that Caroline is naive about what's going on and she's basically just trying to get any clues from her to understand where she is and what's happening. And Caroline mentions that she's afraid of the light and Diane believes that this is possibly the portal home and why the hell wouldn't you want to follow the light home? This is how you're going to get here. And Dr. Lesh informs her that it's really dangerous and the way to get to the... um, and the way permanently oh okay sorry i was reading my notes wrong um so dr lesh basically said no that's a bad idea because that's gonna let her stay there permanently like the light is the the permanent permadeath and what she the actual line is she's like it's a way out but not to here yeah yeah i've seen the movie so many times like (laughs) (laughs) it's all in my head um uh, I'm so, so sorry. Marty, I, to, I keep interrupting. Is, I just love this. No, so much. no, no. I love the enthusiasm. It's and because you add so much more to it than my stale notes of someone who you know isn't uh, like a is a new fan of the film. Yeah, um, you saw my notes. Like uh, coolest job in the <laughs> world. Parentheses if it exists. Parentheses paranormal <laughs> investigators. LOL. <laughs> it's totally a real job. No, it's not. She calls herself a, a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> she just gets drunk as shit during this entire time anyway. Like. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> Marty goes upstairs and a flash of white flame appears. I really loved this because I was like, this is so 80s. I, I love where this is going. And... From the ceiling above the living room, watches and jewelry start coming out. And um, Stephen's like, oh my God, the spirits, look at what they're doing to us. <laughs> they have no respect. And Caroline asks them and says, you know, someone is close by. Is it my mother? No. And oh, oh no. my God. It is seriously, it scared me when I was a little kid. And it gave me, oh. like, I had like a flashback of feeling so scared because it was it's the way it's like mommy somebody's here Mm. just the whole like you're you're terrified because you're hearing your daughter but you can't see her and you don't know what's going on and it's just the fact that she's gone and that there's these other presences around but in your head you're just like they're not she's not even aware they're just consciousness like she's not even yeah. aware that they're like uh actual like things there she feels like she's alone and then diane mm-hmm. said she's also alone but it's when carol ann goes yeah of course 
Mommy, somebody else is here. Who's here? Like, maybe it's the fact that Heather works sounded very, like, unnerved. But it's like you can literally see, feel the air drop in the room. And everybody's, Mm. like, faces are just like, oh, fuck. What the fuck? Something (laughs) is with our child and we can't. Yeah do anything about it like it, i don't know that that's where it really i could like taste the the real primal fear of not being able to do anything yeah absolutely and and the actress who plays diane is just brilliant in this film like she must have been a mother because i know that she did pass away um in i don't know if it was the early 2000s or, or early 90s um, and it's like she's been a mother. She is a, like you can just feel it. I don't like, think she, she was a mother. Maybe, I, I don't think she was maybe a mother. She's at very this maternal. Point. <laughs> I think I think the words you're looking for is great actor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like even if like I don't know, she just had like an element to her that is very real. Because it was it's brilliant. It's funny that you brought up. Um, it's something I thought of uh, when I was watching it this time that it's Diane, not even Carol Ann, who is super excited about these about the about the paranormal stuff because Carol yeah. Ann she's not excited, she just recognized it. It was like, hey, hi, you're people, just like you would she would come up to a stranger because she's five. Yeah, Diane's the one who's making diagrams and like doing the like, you want to try it too, Steve? This is amazing. Like, oh, yeah. I can't love it. And she's also the one who feels the most fear from it too. So like, she has both a stronger connection, a positive connection, but also has a awareness of the danger that's there that yeah. I think the other family and even the paranormal investigators don't have. Yeah, absolutely. She's just, yeah. One of, maybe she's just really into it. Maybe she gets high and reads like ghost hunting books. <laughs> I want to believe that. I think that tells you a lot about her character that she's very open to yeah. the paranormal and where Steven is just like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm no, this, this can't be. And she yeah. invites it. He has to be it has to be proven to him. She is ready for it. And it's something I never really like. In my head, I always remember her as being this is such a male thing, but I, in my head I always remember her as being the distraught mom. But she's not. Yeah. She has a immense agency. She actually, in my mind, may have caused this a little not caused it, but may have heightened it a little bit. Maybe yeah, even encouraged it, if anything. Yeah. She allowed them to move Carolyn across the table like across the floor like maybe she encouraged this a little bit so it's it, it's a tiny bit more of a character that I never really picked up on until this yeah time. and until you're an adult watching it and being like oh wow okay yeah this, you're... she is so different to what I remember <laughs> exactly put the joint down lady and stop playing with ghosts <laughs> <laughs> just for everyone's safety exactly uh, caroline but no no at this yeah point yeah had sorry no no i was saying uh but yes as you were saying i think we overlap oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> so uh caroline is like running through the house um because well her voice is like transmitting from different areas of the house because she's running from whatever is chasing her and diane um 
is, you know, obviously very concerned and is trying to find where she is. And she goes up the stairs when a breeze passes through her. And um, she believes that it is, you know, the soul of Carol Ann. Because she does say um, she's crying and, you know, she's, you know, it's sad and she's happy as well. But she says that she could feel her and smell her. Like she knew it was her, that they had crossed paths. And uh, I just found that really fascinating. Did you? Uh, especially if you've seen the remake. <laughs> if uh, since, since you're new to this, did you pick up... And I'm old. This is something very new for me. I've never, ever, ever, ever used to pay attention to a film score. It was just music. Oh no, I, I, I never I'm one paid of those people. <laughs> I've never paid attention to it. You recognize when she's like, she passed through me, and then it's Carol Ann's theme starts playing. Yeah, and this very just. Da, 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 da. totally totally not totally correct to, to what we were just watching <laughs> and w- something that is just such a beautiful thing because another a lesser movie would have had this all be about diane it would have had it just yeah. be in diane she's the one who can feel it i felt her i felt her i felt her god damn it no she's like steven you can smell her look. And he comes over and goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It is her. Like, uh, And you see, yeah. it just reminds like, no, it's not just Diane. It's Steven, too. And sometimes yeah. Robbie, never Dana. But like, <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Dana. <laughs> but for the most, with the exception of Dana, which I, it must have been the actress, uh, not wanting to be on set or something like that. But, yeah. um, in real life, but in all honestly, like, it always Hooper, I don't think Hooper's doing this. It must have been Spielberg's like intent. No, keep going back to the family. Do not single yeah. out just one person to be the, the main hero. This has to be a family overcoming this. The family needs to get her back. They all need to work together. Yeah. And I really like that about this film. Even in the remake, it is very much about the family all working together. That's the it's best really part nice. of the remake. I was so worried yeah. that they were going to like center it around just one of the kids and one of the parents and the rest were just going to be like background. And I'm like, that's that takes away the 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 heart, the heart of this film. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love that they did that in the remake, that it is, you know, I, I love the entire family in that film. They they crack me up because um, uh, I think Cause... Sam Raimi produced that or, or directed yes, it. Yes, he even. did. And, and it's, you can just uh... tell his humor is in it as well. True that. <laughs> Not long after they sense Carol Ann's soul, the sound of an unknown force that is chasing Carol Ann follows in her path, also invisible. And lets out an absolutely terrifying roar and wind to basically tell everybody you got to stop. I know the MGM lion just ramples down the. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. That's so funny. I'm so glad I'm not the only one that heard that. (laughs) Like this in the second the second moment. The stock roar, not this roar, but the second one. I was like, excuse me. So do we ever know for sure? I know they Okay, I've I don't know if you've seen the sequels of Poltergeist. 
No, unfortunately, I haven't just yet. Poltergeist 2 is an insanely guilty pleasure of mine. God is in his holy temple. Yeah. Oh, that sounds terrifying. Oh, it is so is. We'll talk about it later uh, as privately. We'll but have like, to watch it. You have to because there's a okay. scene later with Tangia where she starts going to the light. In my mind, oh. I thought... Obviously, she's speaking to the other spirits. She's not speaking yeah. to Carol Ann. Um, but what I, but after seeing the second one, I'm like, oh, did the beast take over her? Because oh. in the second one, you get to see the beast. Oh, and okay. You I'm learn. Be that you tonight. learn <laughs> who the beast is, and it's not. I don't think Hooper and Spielberg were involved in this. Um, so they've kind of like, it's all the same actors. Like, Car- okay. like Caroline, Steve, Diane, Dana does not come back. She gone. Oh, she's gone to college. Even the fucking dog is back. It's the same dog. Yeah, um, he does. Yes. And it's, um, they, they're all back. It's literally takes place like six months after they left. They're um, homeless living with Diane's uh, mother because the bank is saying, um, you still owe us for a mortgage payment. And where's your fucking house? Well, yeah. About that. What am I supposed to tell them, Diane? It just vanished. Well, yeah, they didn't <laughs> yeah. believe that. They're like, we went, we can't find your house, but we still have a loan out for it. So you got to pay. <laughs> so they can't get a mortgage to get another house. So it's it's really. Oh, like, it's it sounds but, like a typical story of people. Yeah, it's true. But it's. um. <laughs> but with just this movie in mind, what do we think the beast is? Because I know we're not bringing in um, uh, like christian or other religious idolatry idolatry now but yeah when we when sh- when know. we go the beast we hear that roar what popped into your a lion besides the oh. lion <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know yeah. i like to think that even though i'm not religious there's some kind of evil you know that accumulate somewhere because you know energy has to go somewhere right Mm -hmm. so even like maybe evil energy goes somewhere and just sits and waits i like it's just evil that's my vibe (laughs) my theory and this is me trying to forget all the sequels they were building more of a mythos um my theory is that they bring up the idea that when you die you enter another form of consciousness and you're in this in-between state and then you're not real, but you're also not, not real either. And then you travel onward. And then every once in a while, you don't know you're dead. Sixth sense shit. And yeah, but because you don't, you don't have the physical bounds of like a body that, the way they describe all these ghosts, which are they're obviously all the corpses of the people that are still there. <laughs> um, I like to think that majority of people are good, but people who were not good, people who had hatred in their hearts or in their souls or in their consciousness, melded together over the years into one big conglomeration. And became something else. 
the beast. Yeah, I believe that. Something about that just seems right to me that like mm. hatred builds on hatred, uh, violence begets violence. There's always that circle, the yeah. idea that it can connect and it can grow. You're mean to somebody then you'll be mean to somebody else and then further and further and further and it grows and grows and grows. Whereas kindness doesn't grow, sadly enough, because it's precious, no. but hatred and anger grows. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. That's but, something for all of you to think about. Mm-hmm. I'm trying very hard to, when they say the beast, my mind amuses like, oh, the devil. Nope. There's no yeah, devil. Exact, There's no God. Like, they don't really rely There's on. none of that. Yeah. God is dead. But they don't rely on any uh, religious, any, like, there's no religious connotations whatsoever in this. So that's why I was like, okay, cool. I actually really enjoy this um, for not having that connection to religious elements that a lot of other supernatural films do. <laughs> Exorcist. Yes. Like, <laughs> which I'm sure they were thinking about when they were making this. Carol Ann stops transmitting and Dr. Lesh asks where Carol Ann was when she disappeared. Diane takes her up to her bedroom and... <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Because I was waiting, because I was like, wait a second, I don't remember. When they were like, where was it? Then we need to go up there. And they say yeah. like, because I'm like, wait a second, I don't remember a scene of them going back up there. Why do I not remember a scene? No. <laughs> but, I'm okay, so... They want to go to her room because I think there's a there's a scene where Dr. Lesh asks about the relationship between Stephen and um, Carol Ann and like who was the more strict parent. Uh, no, that's Tangia. That's a later scene. Oh, it was? Okay, I've got that all mixed up now. Um, okay. If you, if you want. Right. Um, okay, so there are, there's Dr. Lesh, there's Ryan, and there's Marco. Is either Marco or Marty. Malcolm? Marty. 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 Marty, um, Marty, Marty, Marty is upstairs doing yes. weird shit, and he's just testing shit out. Yep, and he comes running downstairs because Lesh is like, "Where was Caroline taken? Up in her room." Well, I'm going up there, and then Steve's like, "They won't let you in," and she goes, oh, "We'll see right. about that." And she starts strutting up there, and then Marty's like, "Holy shit!" and like runs downstairs <laughs> and goes, "Some just took a bite out of me." And that's right. The, he like lifts his shirt up, and he's got like bite marks and like spit all over his stomach. Which it's you have no idea what could have made that bite. Like it, it has it has no resemblance of any kind of mouth you could imagine. And like she goes, and again in humor, once they see the bite, she turns like Doctor Lesh turns like she was about to say this all along. Well, we're obviously going to sleep down here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> You Not think? going up there. <laughs> yeah, because Stephen wants them all to, to leave. And basically Donna's like, I'm going to go to my friends for the night. Um, so yeah, and she just like, so yeah, she bounces. Oh, she shits and gets. Um, yeah. W- and then we come into, I think, would I personally think this next scene is probably the most famous scene of, of Poltergeist. Would you say so? Yeah. Next to uh, the house, uh, next to the TV thing, the chairs, and oh, yes, uh, yeah. and the house blowing up at the end. I think this yeah. scene <laughs> with all of them talking in whispers. Yeah. The house is different. It's quiet at night. 
And if we speak even louder than this, the ghosts are coming. Like it's just, <laughs> it, it's such a perfect scene to have this long kind of drawn out, to have them all talk in whispers. It just yeah. makes you constantly think something's about to happen. Yeah, it creeps me out. Well, it makes me be quiet as well and draws me closer into, you know, the screen to be like, what are they talking about? I know, it's very strange. Other shows have parodied this very much way. Why are we all whispering to set the mood? Oh, <laughs> definitely. Gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Does anybody have but, uh... any popcorn? Maybe. <laughs> I'll go make some right now. Sweet. Okay, get some popcorn. Extra okay. butter, please. <laughs> <laughs> But Robbie makes a really great point where he's like, why don't we just tie a rope around and go in and get Carol Ann from the portal? And we're all like, shut up, Robbie. Shut up, Robbie. You're stupid. But we'll do that later. (laughs) Yeah. And then we won't credit you for it. Hey, Beast, can we trade? Like. (laughs) Carol Ann for Robbie? What do you think? No, he's tree food. Ah, why is he even he still here? <laughs> I tried to kill him first. <laughs> Didn't that tree outside eat him already? Um, this is one of my favorite scenes in the film. Oh, two old la- so, two ladies just tipping the bottle back. Oh well, this there is that scene where which we did talk about earlier, where Doctor Lesh is basically saying, uh, "I'm a fraud." This is <laughs> I love it. And gigs. <laughs> It's so great. Um, you better pay I me, though. She's like, yeah, please pay me. Um, so that's where we do find out that Dr. Lesh is just doing this because um, as a hobby, not even as a trained professional, Dr. which is Lush, concerning. More like it. <laughs> Dr. Leech, leeching other people's money. Um, yes. Do you want a glass for that? Um, Marty tells Ryan that he's going to go look for something to eat. And this is where we were like, why wouldn't he just go get McDonald's? Like, it's only like 10 p.m. I'm sure drive throughs open. No, I'm going to go in this dark kitchen. And when he pulls out that steak, I'm like, yeah. dude, what, what are you going to do with that? And then he grabs a pan. I'm like, you're going to cook something? Like, you're really? Someone else's steak? I know, That's like, you don't go, if you, okay, if I was at someone's house, and let's say I was at your place, and we were recording or doing some, like, stuff in, in like, your in your room or everything, and then I'm just, like, we're waiting for something to upload, I'm like, hey, Kat, I'm gonna go grab something to eat real fast. If I go downstairs, and I'm in your kitchen, guess what I'm grabbing? Maybe a bag of chips. Maybe, yeah, like, uh, or a you pickle You touch the steak, you're dead. Well, I'd say like a bag of chips or maybe a pickle or yeah. something. I'm not make a Vegemite sandwich. It's fine. I'm not gonna make a fucking steak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. He- I'm not gonna turn your oven on. Like I would no. ask permission to use your microwave. Like why the? <laughs> f- <laughs> it's so oh, audacious. Okay. <laughs> the 80s are so di- different. Different time. <laughs> no, no, you know, no. That was rude. Like, anytime. Remote. Like sometimes my grandma will say something that's like, like just not very racist, but like just on the fringe of racism. And she's like, "Oh, but we used to say it all the time back in my day." And she's like, "Oh, it was a different, it's different time back then." Ugh. So I'm guessing cooking other people's steak in their homes also falls into that category. Although they they walk all over this family because, like, yeah, remember 
while back in the breakfast uh scene after the laborers like make like tonguey actions at her teenage daughter mm. that one dude like sticks his hand through the kitchen window and eats some of the stew and then puts the spoon that he licked back <gasps> in the pot i didn't notice that <gasps> that's just that's disgusting and he's like she's like how'd you like it it's real good mrs whatever the fuck your name is i can't remember their last names and freeling freeling (laughs) very good mrs freeling you had really good coffee too she's like yeah bye and just shakes her head like use boys and i'm like oh boys will be boys i gotta dump that whole pot because i totally saw him put that in his furry 70s porn mustache face and put that spoon back in the pot this i love because the steak fucking bursts open into shreds and like maggots come out of it it makes me puke like i could watch the scene of his face being peeled off a million times i actually laughed when i was a kid at that especially yeah i love it i laughed i thought i was so silly when i was a kid because i was like i think i remember i think i was like nine and for nine or eight years old, and I remember thinking, oh, well, obviously they're faking him. He's not really pulling his face off. But that steak, I think I blocked it out of my memory because something <laughs> about rotten meat and getting devoured oh, yeah. by maggots makes my stomach turn upside down. Yeah. I'm not, it definitely churned my stomach a little bit the first time I saw it. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. I was watching the lo- the uh, the Lost Boys for the first time last night. Nice. And when he's like, why are you eating maggots? And he looks down and his carton's full of maggots. I almost oh. puked. I'm oh, like, it's so gross. Oh, 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 oh. So Marty rushes to the bathroom and does exactly that in the sink. And um, (laughs) he looks up in the mirror and notices there's like a gouge on his face and he starts to like claw at it. And it's like, he's like tearing the muscles and and the the skin from his face down to the bone. It's like Brundlefly, like from the fly. Yeah. Peel those fingernails off. Yuck. (laughs) So... In the bathroom, uh, while Mali is ripping his face apart, there is a flash of light, and we realise that he had just been having a hallucination about his reflection and his face falling apart and ripping it apart, which is just really gross to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is where Robbie and Dana are sent to be with their grandmother, I believe, and they take e-buzz with them. Um, Smart. And basically... Yeah, good idea. I like how the dog's like standing on the front lawn and he kind of like looks back at Diane and Steve and then, you know, reluctantly just climbs into the car. It's about <laughs> out time. I want to get the okay, F out of right, here. All right, bye. Tuck it Um And <laughs> later that day, Stephen is talking to his boss, Lewis Teague, about a promotion. And basically Lewis is like, ah, oh, you know, should have done this a long time ago. And it's like, well, then why didn't you? Mr. Teague. Yeah. Why didn't you give him? You know. Anyway, so they talk. That that was (laughs) really. I'm so sorry. Like, but the the there's more. I I have a whole section of my notes called like my list of humorous scenes, and this is one of them. Is (laughs) when he's in the house 
And he's like, you got a lot of uh, technical equipment. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right this way. And he turns him away from like a piano that like moves. And he's like, and then he walks outside. He's like, so it's just your home that doesn't have any light. And then this light like brightens up. Wow. What do you got? Like a 300 watt bulb in here? This is really bright. It's just like, it's it's almost sitcom-y like I love Lucy shit where he's like, don't yeah. let him see the ghosts. Like, why are you hiding it? Who gives a shit? <laughs> Don't worry about that. That's why I haven't um, been at work in like a month. <laughs> you haven't noticed me missing? I have um, the flu. <laughs> so Teague is telling him how there's like a new project going on because there's this new uh, bunch of Phase five. Land. Yep. Where there's currently a cemetery. And <laughs> Stephen's like, oh. So just re- we go, how are we going to relocate the graveyard? And his boss is like, oh, don't worry. We've done it before no. in this very neighborhood. Because he's telling him this could be your master bedroom. And then he turns yeah. and it's a fucking cemetery. He's like, not much of a view. He goes, ah, don't worry. We own the land. We're already going to move this shit. And he goes, what? That's some fuck." <laughs> As any normal human would be like. That's kind of fucked up, right? Like, <laughs> but doesn't he say something about oh, just move the he just moved the tombstones or something? Well, later he goes, we've already oh, relo- okay, we've relocated them before, and we're just going to move them like five minutes away. Which yeah, and I it's again it's just so great because he's like because Stephen goes, yeah, yeah, five minutes away. I I guess that I guess that wouldn't matter. And the boss goes, wouldn't matter to who? And he's like, whoever might complain. <laughs> Nobody's complained until now. And the, yeah. the boss is like, you're the first person complaining, you idiot. But it's to us, it's like, yeah, you're right. We finally have a complaint. And it's yeah. otherworldly. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Maybe. So, yeah, we're it, it, it's it's so... I, I just it's such a good film for because I really think in filmmaking you can make a film with the idea that people are going to watch it again. Yeah. And this is a, a whole line of dialogue that serves at the same time dialogue and purpose for the film for first viewers and a lot of humor and double talk and double entendres and stuff that works well for people who are watching on a second line. Cause I know yeah. you, cause or even a third, you know, yeah. like it's, just jumping in and being like, Hey, Oh, I'm going to watch this again. And then you just picking up so much stuff that you're like, I didn't even notice that the first time. Like they're just hint, hint, hint. Oh, we've done it before. Oh, of course. Like right down there. And who's complaining. Oh, he doesn't know, but we know like, it's just, it's such a, yeah. it's so good. Everything is so good about this film. Yeah, I really like it. Mm. I'm a fan. <laughs> um, so Dr. Lesh, who had told Stephen and Diane that, um, you know, Marty's not coming back, but Ryan's going to stay. And then Dr. Lesh leaves and comes back with a renowned spiritual medium, Tangina Bar- Barons, a very short... <laughs> um, person who steve makes jokes about because he doubts her psychic ability because she's short two um, little people jokes 
in like one fucking sentence, in like one breath. Oh. Like, what side of the rainbow are we at now? A really cool, uh, like interaction, like a funny interaction, because Steven is trying to like throw her off and test her out, and she's just basically like, "Am I dressing the living? Am I yeah. not?" <laughs> But he's like, I was trying to answer her with my mind and she couldn't hear me. <laughs> and she's like, I am. <laughs> All the people here are messing with my frequencies. <laughs> Everything that comes out of her mouth is just like... Fantastic. This is what you call a scene stealer, but yeah. she does it well. And um, before we lose Dr. Lesh to Tangia, I want to say the thing that I still just love about her is that she brings so much heart because she's like, um, Ryan, I'm going to leave Ryan, the black guy, with you. <laughs> Marty is not, but I'm going to leave him with you here so you have some, uh, Marty is not coming back. <laughs> I am coming back. And then gives her a huge hug and whispers in here, and I'll bring help. Yeah. I just love that. Like, she, like, grabs her hands and goes, I am coming back. Yeah. Just like, I, like, this is not that, this isn't, like, I have all the information that I need to make my research and to, like, publish my stuff, but I am in this to the end with you. Yeah. I don't know. That just, it, it, it probably wouldn't happen in real life, but it gave me such comfort as a child to hear her yeah. say that. It's nice. It's like a nice warm moment. And there are a lot of like warm, tender moments throughout this film. And I really like when they come along because they feel so authentic, even amongst all of the fucked up shit that's happening in their house. Because like you're putting yourself in danger. Like this, this is, this is not a kitty. This is not kitty horror. Like this is, yeah. these are, this are, there's a malicious thing here that can hurt you. And Marty was yeah. just a that. I mean that that thing in the mirror. We laugh, but because we laugh because we knew it was a it was a fake thing. But how long yeah. before that became real? So Tangina tells them that Carol is alive and she's in the house, and her Your life daughter is, is alive <laughs> and in this house. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Because she does actually speak that way as well. Um, but she's stopping the kind ghosts from being able to pass on because they're not able to rest. Well, they're not at rest because of it, her presence being there. And, no, they're uh, not at rest because there's a fucking house on top of them. <laughs> that too. Um, <laughs> but they also, um, like, because her light in there was giving them joy as well, mm -hmm. which I thought was really nice. Exactly. They're not evil. They're just lost. Yeah, exactly. But there's um, another presence. But. <laughs> and who is that, Tyler? <laughs> it lies to her. It says things that only a child would understand. To her, it simply is another child but to us it is the beast 
Ooh, doesn't that like it sends Ooh. shivers down your spine? Like I don't know, like that caught my. I, I literally put my iPad down and was just like mouth open, just eyes ahead, like I was a nine year old again. Just her going like it lies to her. It says things She's got that an amazing voice. It says things that only a child would understand. To her, it is another child, but to us, it's something yeah. else. I'm like, ooh. That just because she also she also talks about how um, it corrupts the other spiritual beings where they are, Mm. so that it can exploit them and use their power, and that's how he's been a well. The beast has been able to escape into like this realm of being able to communicate with Carol Ann. Yeah, and that they're and letting them know we're going to bring her back. I'm going to bring Carol Ann and her light to you. Mm -hmm. Yes, like oh, and this this goes. This is this is even the way you're interpreting this goes in line with even more to Poltergeist too. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm even more keen to watch it now. No, oh, I'm very excited to hear what you're gonna th- think about it. But um, in this one though, like I just love that Tangia doesn't. She admits, I don't know what it is, but I've never felt a presence like this before. It whatever this is, it's strong enough punch a hole right from their realm into the into Carolan's closet and pull and take your daughter from you. Yeah. Like it so like we know that there are these up to this point if this was your first time watching you're thinking oh these are victims these are poor sad ghosts that lost their way and they got so excited that they wanted Carolan. No. They have Carolan nope. now. But what took her was something completely different. Yeah. And it's distinguishing between the two that Mm -hmm. we realize that the beast is kind of like this soul lone character that doesn't really have much to do with the other beings. He's manipulating not just uh, the family. Because later she even says like, it knows what you fear. It's always known. Don't give it any more power than it already has like it's not only manipulating the family but because like they knew they would run to save the boy and leave carolyn alone like it's manipulating not only the family but it's manipulating the spirits as well the things on the other side so which would really truly make this thing a beast when you're not just manipulating one side you manipulate both sides for your own end yeah and that's um like Tangina says some really great things and she she says to Diane you can't choose between life and death when you're dealing with what is in between and I was just like wow oh I loved that that I love that (laughs) I never caught that line because like when they're in the room when they're shouting all the time yeah never in that scene (laughs) yeah it never like I always a lot of that kind of dialogue I so many my so much of my life I never watched a movie with subtitles Unless it was in oh, another yeah, I language. Always do. <laughs> well, you didn't have options back on VHS. Unless true, they came yeah. hard-coded, and they only came hard-coded when it was yeah. a foreign film. So now we have those options. I'm catching lines I never saw before. And I was just like, we're in this place now. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, that does make sense. Yeah. I think a lot of Tangina's um, dialogue adds a lot more context and exposition that wasn't there for a lot of the first bit of the film, but kind of wraps it up nicely in a way that we're like, oh, okay, that that makes sense. Yeah. I get it. And that Tangia is, she is not a witch. 
She's not a no. warlock. She's not going to come in with enchantments and uh, like uh, amulets and stuff. Save the day. <laughs> she, she is like, I can do this, but I can only help. I can only yeah. like shepherd. I need you yeah. guys. And the way she like it, it's when she says that, like, Diane, you, I, we're going is like to do this. I need you to be 100% on my side. I need mm. your full cooperation. I need you to promise me now that you will listen and do whatever I say, even if it violates what you know and believe, both as a human and a Christian. And she said, whatever. And it goes, thank you. Now let's get your daughter back. Yeah, and I was just like, she wants Ooh. to kick ass. <laughs> it's so great, like just that whole like week. I will do this, but I need you, and I can't have you guys arguing with me. I can't be like explaining yeah. bullshit to you because we're about to go into a realm where explanations don't matter. Like it's exactly, feelings I can't give matter. you that explanation because I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know what's in there. Mm-hmm. And and um, yeah, go ahead. I love this. The... <laughs> yes. Call they, her. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she's like telling her to run to the light. Um, tell her you're waiting for her. And Diana's like screaming, you know, mommy's waiting for you in the light. Oh, but then she says to Regina under her Actually, breath, hey, before that, before that, they couldn't talk to, to her. Caroline wouldn't no. answer. All right. Now call her. Carol Ann, yeah. she won't answer to like. There are many arms around her. She feels safe. Who now, Diane, Stephen? Which one does you, does Caroline fear more? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, yeah, like, uh, and I love Steve's like, oh come on, I I don't punish the kids to make me fight about it later. He's like, now now call her, be stern with her, tell her if she doesn't answer, she's gonna get a spanking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is weird, but okay. But it's Let's so do it. all of a sudden becomes a dad, just like Caroline, you better answer. <laughs> that would have gotten my invite. Like all of a sudden, just he becomes like the dad figure. Now I'm sure this actor was a real dad. Like, cause oh, for sure. He, he pulled, had it nailed. He, he pulled that out. It's like, <laughs> come on, I've never spanked my kid. Oh, fine. I'm going to whoop your ass. Get up here. Um, I really love this scene because they decide that um, they're going to do the rope tie thing and send Tangina into the portal. She's like, help me tie this around my waist. And Diane's like, what do you think you're doing? And Tangina's like, I'm going in after her. And Diane's like, no, she won't come to you. Let me go. Like, I'm her mum. And Tangina's like, you've never done this before. And Diane responds with, neither have you. You're right. You go. You go. <laughs> I loved that. I just fucking died when I watched that today because I didn't really notice the dialogue between the two of them until I watched it today. And I was like, oh, my God, that'd be me. I'd be like, all right, off you go. See ya. If you want to go so badly. <laughs> what is and also the setup for this whole like before they tie her on, because I think we should mention they're in the room. They're in uh, Caroline's room. Yeah. Up to this point, nobody went in there. Um, now no. they're in, and they're staring at... Uh, they keep saying Toby Huber directed this, but this is a total Spielberg thing. That moment, yeah. This is E.T. 
up the ass, like with the light flashing silhouettes. Spielberg loves silhouettes of people yeah. in front of bright fucking lights. And oh, um, I, to this day, I remember being so fucking confused for 30 seconds of what they were doing <laughs> with this rope. And this, folks, is a beautiful example of show, don't tell. When yes, they threw absolutely. that rope and it came and Ryan runs downstairs, they throw the rope into the closet where Carolyn was captured and the rope flies in and Ryan is downstairs and the rope comes out of the ceiling and he catches it, showing that there is like a portal direct line kind yeah. of like the like a weird almost like uh portal uh like a wormhole thing and they found a gap mm. and i just remember just wondering when they were writing this movie like who, did they did the did the screenwriter have an idea of what was going on like or did they was that something that was that, that came up because it seems like such a visual thing that you really yeah, couldn't be write. To write that. Yeah, they throw yeah. the rope into the closet and the rope comes out the ceiling. Okay. Right? <laughs> like it just cool. But it makes so much <laughs> sense the way it works. Like, because yeah. I remember being a child and I totally understand what they were doing. Yeah, absolutely. The rope. It's, um, yeah, the rope. I love that they do this, but I love that in the remake they show you what this in between portal space looks like. And that blew my mind. I was like, wow, that is cool. And I understand why they didn't do that in this version, because that would have been really hard. Um, e ooh, uh, you'll understand exactly why they didn't do it. Because, oh, in this, okay. because in the second movie, they do it. And oh, okay, it cool. is not good. Oh, no. <laughs> I told you, it's a guilty pleasure for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of good in it, but there's a they're like, everyone wants to see the other side. So we're going to show them with 80, 1984 CGI special effects. I can't wait. <laughs> it's not good. It's so not good. Oh, but you're right. The, the, the 2015 one, it, I loved it because they were... Correct me if I'm wrong, it was the house, but it was like a another dimension yeah. of the house. Yeah. Yeah. It's like another plane of existence, but in the house. So it was yeah, it was really cool. I really liked that. So earlier in this one, when Carol Ann runs down the stairs, she is actually yeah. running down the stairs. She's yeah. still in her house, but not there. Like, yeah, exactly. It's such She's a... like either in another dimension or another plane, like another existence, or because she is now considered to be in this, like in between, she is in the house, but they can't see her. Um, so they send Diane in, and this is where it happens so quickly because Tangina is yelling at the spirits to. Um, stay away from Carol Ann and uh, go to the light. So she's trying All to get them to move. All are welcome. Oh. All <laughs> are welcome. <Ugh. laughs> 
Steve panics and tries to pull Diane back out of the portal, causing the beast to manifest. Stephen, not yet! Like, these are all the lines that I remembered (laughs) so well for this. (laughs) (laughs) And it kind of comes through as like this... I don't know how to describe him, but he's got a... It's just a skeleton face. It's Skeletor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically. Steven, why are you pulling me out here? But yeah, like, it. I think it shows that... Oh, thank you, Kat. I finally figured it out. Okay, so... What is that? Tangia is doing two things at once. She yeah. is saving the daughter... And in the minds of Steve mm-hmm. and Diane, that's all that Tanji is doing. But Tanji is also trying to save these spirits and lead them to yeah. the light. While Diane and Carol Ann are distracting this thing by having them chase her, chase them, she is um, talking to the spirits and leading them to the light. Yeah. And when Steven panics and he pulls on that rope, it gets the attention of the beast. And that's yeah. why the beast follows the rope and blows right out. He's not trying to get Steven. It's trying to get Tangia. Yeah, exactly. Because he's like, I don't want you doing that. I don't want you helping these spirits. I need these spirits to power me and give me power. Um, Which, so yeah, I never, I never, <laughs> I never connected that. So that's, yeah, good. <laughs> that's a pretty cool connection. Um, Diane gets Carol Ann and they emerge through the exit of the portal that is in the living room ceiling, falling to the floor covered in uh, oozing goo. Did you see? I've, I remember seeing it every time I've ever seen the film and I saw it a couple hours ago too. When they fall, it's almost like Diane hits the side of the portal. Because she kind of bounces in. Boom! Like she hits the side yeah. of it. And man, I don't know what, and again, that's such a good touch. They didn't have to do it. But the fact that anything that comes out of this portal is covered in goo. Yeah, it's awesome. It. <laughs> it's, and one of my friends is like, it's ectoplasm. Yeah. And I'm like, don't call it that. Because thanks to South Park, all I think about is jizz. Don't call like, <laughs> like, <laughs> This is uh, ectoplasm. It was a ghost. It was a <laughs> ghost came by and jacked me off. I mean, no, like, <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> but like, someone's like, it's ectoplasm. I'm like, no, it's not. Don't call it that. It's, oh, God. it's, it's, uh, it's extra dimension goo. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, that. it's so great because <laughs> it, it adds another show. Don't tell. It adds another idea. Of, yeah. Now we know whatever is in this world is just, there's weird shit coming out of it like <laughs> yeah and we don't know what it is um and this is we're assuming that this is what you'd be covered in if you came out of the portal which she is voila <laughs> uh tangina announces this house is clean this house Thank you. is clean oh but before she announces that Stephen has my favorite moment of him. It's my it's my favorite oh. Stephen moment next to <laughs> him uh, doing his cute uh, diving thing. On, his on the, diving on, demonstration, <laughs> which 
By the way, that diving thing, that is totally going to lead into, I'm going to dive somewhere. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where it was going until Robbie came into yep. the room. I think kid number four was about to be on the way. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, but no, like, my favorite, favorite moment, though, is Steven mm. running downstairs because Ryan and Dr. Leash are all like around him and he's just like, no, 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 no. And he's like, get back. Like he is such a, he becomes <laughs> Diane and they give Steven this. Cause again, so many screenplays, so many movies would just allow the mother to be this like, take charge i'm gonna save my baby no now she's out of commission and now steven is the way it comes off when he's like no 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 and just like yells at them get away from them it almost it comes off a little aggressive because it's a white man doing this but then i'm Mm. like no if it was a mom doing this i could totally understand and that's what he is right now he's mom now yeah, I'm literally going to pick them role. up. I'm going to put them in the bathtub, and I'm going to bathe them. I'm mom now. Yeah, it's a nice moment. It's another one of those whole. Um, this is a family uh, fighting against this evil together. Where one unit, we all look out for one another. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we totally missed the most beautiful scenes with. I even forgot about two. Um, Stephen, don't let go. Never. I don't just yeah. something about like there. This is why I don't write screenplays because I probably would have <laughs> wrote something way worse. Like, like don't let go. I'll never let go. Why did I just repeat what she said? No, no, no. What would something? What would <laughs> what would they say realistically? Oh. I don't think realistically she would turn back in real life and say, "Don't let go," because that's a bad jinx in <laughs> mm. real you know something bad's gonna happen yeah, then. in real life we actually don't we don't we believe in jinxes and we don't do that yeah <laughs> but it makes sense for a movie that she would say that but steven reacts how i feel a real person who truly loved yeah. their somebody would say like just defiant never yeah i don't know it's a it's a very yeah. it's a powerful scene it's very authentic. I the this whole movie, especially the interactions between Stephen and Diane, are very powerful for me, and I I really appreciate that. It wasn't like a husband dismissing his wife and being like, "Oh, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about." He is in denial about the supernatural thing, but he doesn't put it back on his wife. Uh he's not in denial for very long. He's more of like no. she gives him maybe like five seconds to comprehend everything that he just saw. True. Like. <laughs> You when you saw if you saw that chair move across the, the floor, you would do exactly what he did. He immediately picked up that chair, yeah. turned it over. Where's the joke? And then when Caroline did it, he's just sitting there like, and I um, uh we uh uh I'm like, girl, you got to give him like roll. You should have already had some rolled for him. Like you need to give him a <laughs> joint and let him just go sit in his chair for about. An hour or two, because his whole his whole perception of reality has now changed. <laughs> like, Absolutely, he just needs some he needs some daddy time. Exactly, but it's um, that scene though in the closet is just it's just so great because it's yeah. like because um, like when she goes, 
I need to go. And but he grabs the rope. He's like, "No, I'll go." And she immediately is like, "No, you won't. Who's who? Do you think is strong enough right now to like hold the rope for us?" And yeah. without even saying anything, without even arguing, he just like looks kind of past her, grabs the rope, and wraps it around his waist. And I'm just like, "Yeah, damn He's straight. like, "I am, I'm strong enough." It's just like obviously, yet like there's no argument. Like they don't have to yeah. argue. They know. Like my 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 wife said, my wife said this, so she obviously knows better than me right now. I don't know. It's just yeah. I I see so much. Really nice. I see so much strife. <laughs> In, in marriages and partnerships and horror and it it's something that bugs me because I, I've been single for a very very long time so my um <laughs> how I interact with relationships is seeing the relationships of people around me and there are so much dysfunctional yeah. ones and I know I shouldn't judge because I'm not part of them but when I see people, not being supportive of their partners and being argumentative and dismissive. It almost triggers me a little bit in film. I really bothers me. And there is such, this is such an anti trigger film for me that I kind (laughs) of, I keep wanting to applaud it. (laughs) So after Tangina announces that the house is clean, um, the, there's like a flat fast forward in time. I don't know if it's the next day or it's it's, the next day. It is the next day because they're like packing up to leave the house. You know why? Because I thought the same thing too. It's what the, it's a, hey, Dana's back. Um, It's what Dana says. We're not going to sleep here, are we? Are we going to sleep here tonight? Which makes me assume (laughs) that they haven't slept there. If it's Ah. been more than a few days, they haven't slept there. But where have they been sleeping? I'm assuming the next day. This has to be like the next day. They're getting the fuck up out of there. <laughs> uh, because Di- Diane says something about your your father's thinking about staying at the Holiday Inn across town. And Dana's like, oh, yeah, I remember that place. That night, uh, their final night in their house, um, the beast returns and ambushes first the children in their room, by a, which is actually the clown attacking Robbie and like dragging him under the bed like choking him out (laughs) that was scary to me and Carol Ann's just like sitting in her bed like what the fuck oh I love when Robbie is like ripping the shit out of it too like I hate you I hate you I hate you I hate you you stupid fucking clown (laughs) (laughs) oh I just fucked up my my mic sorry no poltergeist Um, so yeah, uh, Diane is in the bath, and the beast basically like sexually assaults her in the bathroom. Um, and Wait, does it? She gets. I thought it sexually uh, assaults her in the bed. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, sorry. She's gotten out of the bath and she's on her bed, and because he like drags her up the side of the the room, like the bedroom up the wall, and then on the roof, and like I thought that was really cool. Very uncomfortable. That's got to- that's got Toby yeah. Hooper written all over it. And oh yeah. I have to ask, was this before or after Nightmare on Elm Street? Before. Because don't they rip this shit off in Nightmare then? Yeah, because Nightmare was 84. Wow, not too bad then. Like, So Nightmare was definitely drawing on this with the idea of like a woman getting oh, sure. thrashed up on the ceiling. 
Uh, Diane breaks free and makes her way to the children's room, but she isn't able to get in because the beast has finally made its absolute appearance and it like comes out of the door and it's like a skull, but it's kind of like a deer skull and it's got like praying mantis legs. That's how I describe it. So, so, so scary when I was a kid. Oh, really? Oh, that sucks. I was terrified of this thing just because it's like, and then in my head going like, oh man, like they're, they're like, I was like, it's had enough. Like, it's just going to come out and it's going to fucking get you. Like, (laughs) it scared the shit out of me. Like, I don't know. It is scary. It's that roar. I make that's f- the yes the lion <laughs> from MGM. We're making fun of it now, and I have to say the only reason I'm making fun of it was because it, it scared me so much, and I got a twinge yeah. of fear when it did it again. I needed that lion's roar in my head, like it's the MGM lion, because otherwise I'm Don't gonna get too scared. <laughs> uh, Diane is terrified. Panics rolls down the stairs while the beast has like. Uh, he she goes to touch the railings to get back up the stairs and they like zap her so she runs next door to well she doesn't run next door she literally runs out to her back door and like tries to climb the fence um and she's like calling out to them uh in this process she's like fallen into their unfinished swimming pool and inside is all the coffins and rotting corpses that have been laying in their like pool for a while at the bottom. And um, I hate this scene. I got really frustrated because she's like trying to get out of the pool, but she keeps like slipping. And I was like, it's mud. Just dig your toes in. Um, It's mud. But the reason she's slipping is because this explains why I remember writing down why did they go out to the pool the first time when Carolyn got vanished? I was like, why yeah. have this? I get it. There's a fucking pool there. Why do I have to keep coming back there? If you, it's because you needed that scene because outside there was not raining yet. If you look, it's a slant of mud going yeah. down into a pit. So yeah, like the deep end. So of the pool. yeah, it's running, and it's a very, very like huge incline, like probably seventy five, eighty five degrees in incline. So mm. it, this would be immensely hard to pull yourself out of. You would constantly be yeah. pulling dirt out and falling down. And I think the actress was like really pissed off at this because I think all she wrote down was like, "You fall into this pool, and then." Uh, skeletons are going to come out. Mm. And I guess in her mind, she thought they were just going to like float to the surface, <laughs> but they had scuba people underneath thrusting these things up. And Oh, because that made me feel like claustrophobic. Yeah, it scared the shit out of her. And she was like, so yeah. like her screams are real. Like, her like, ah, I don't blame ah. her. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> She's like, yeah. She uh, apparently, I I think it was like like 
So when are the bam? It shot up and like one after another, and it scared the uh, shit out of her. <laughs> I hope they didn't do that just to scare her. That'd piss me off. Um, it's a standard in seventies and eighties horror. Yeah. I think most directors, if they really really like their main actor or actress, they will try. Uh, they did it in Aliens. Um, at yeah. least one scene where there's a realistic jump scare that the actor or actress wasn't prepared for. It's a compliment mm. because you act scared so well that we want this one realistic thing to put like an icing on it. Okay, that yeah, that makes sense, but it also would suck too to be them. Oh yeah, it's a, <laughs> oh yeah, you're being a jerk. It's a pranky thing. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um the the neighbors are next door and realize that there's like this energy coming from the house and they're kind of like, what the fuck is going on? So they're not coming out at this point. Um, the dude in the yellow Volkswagen got this Volkswagen gets like flipped over. This guy's car gets like flipped. <laughs> from the house. Cause it's like, ah, oh, there's like a supernatural energy radiating from the house. Cause you can't, they do put a visual to it as well, which is cool. Uh-huh. Um, so in the children's room, the closet has imploded and basically there's this gross, like worm, like thing that has started to grow and suck everything from the room in. And, um, it's got the pus and stuff on it as well. It's really hard to describe because it's kind of like a, we're almost about to lose Carol Ann and Robbie to the portal. However, Diane manages to kind of pull herself in the door and she kind of like anchors herself so that she's not sucked into the portal and she grabs Robbie's hand who grabs Carol Ann's hand and she like pulls pulls them into the hallway um while this is happening Dana's returned from her date to find coffins and dead bodies exploding from the ground throughout the entire neighborhood yeah the car not just at their house if you freeze frame it you can look into that car that she got out of there is no less than three or four boys in there <laughs> she was on a date not a bukkake leave it alone oh i was gonna say she was making a lot of money or oh or these those guys were taking the train home as in yeah <laughs> i was like I, I just took it one step further didn't i <laughs> i was like you're just like sounds like oh, I, I mean I, like, I was gonna say they were riding a train hunter but you bring out bukkake which i think is way more graphic <laughs> I don't know. Ned said that word the other day, and I think it's just stuck in my head. Bukaki. I don't. I don't even know the context of why he said it because I was like, "That's not a word you use. It's not a word you use often anyway for anybody." Um. Anyway, it reminds me of Family Guy when they're uh, telling Joe to stick it. Uh, that all these guys want to <laughs> do a shoe cocky. What's a shoe cocky? Yeah. Fifty guys, <laughs> one foot. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> I remember that episode. <laughs> I, guys, I think my foot's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Ned and I watch Family Guy so much. It's so great. It's a good thing Family to watch. Family Guy, your American Dad, and what's the other one? Family Guy, American Dad, and there's another one, isn't there? Bob's Burgers. No, oh, we watch that sometimes. Uh, I thought there was another one. That's the Cleveland kind of Show. The... Oh, no, we don't really watch that. That's not really on TV here. (laughs) Oh, Oh, as it shouldn't be. (laughs) It shouldn't be anywhere. Uh, Rick and Morty. Uh, Yeah, we watch that. Good. Continue it. (laughs) Um, Stephen returns home as this mayhem is unfolding and basically realizes, hey, wait a second. Teague, his boss, didn't 
relocate nothing. He's just removed headstones. Um, and then Teague appears in the neighborhood uh, because all this shit is going on. <laughs> I just sorry. I I can't believe I didn't think about it. This just shows you the magic of the movie that it didn't make me think of The Simpsons when it's like <laughs> when Homer calls like you sold us a house with over an Indian barrel ground. I yeah, I well, I don't remember it that way. I Alright, goodbye. <laughs> Hangs up. He said it told me many t- he said he told it to us like several times. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, I love this because they're all just hanging around, like, what the fuck is going on here? So Stephen confronts Teague, and they find out that um, they had basically left the bodies in unmarked grave, build the houses on top of them, which basically meant that Teague had desecrated the burial grounds underneath them. Uh, the Freelings get in their car, drive away in terror as the house implodes into another dimension, whilst all of the neighbours are looking on, being like, oh, what the fuck? I can't. It, it's it's like the people who use suicide as a uh, attention grab thing. I can't empathize. I cannot put myself in your mind frame on why you would do that. Yeah. There's like no I way understand. that you can even put yourself in them shoes and be like, this is a good is idea. No, I could put myself I could put myself into Jason Voorhees' shoes. Fuck those yeah. counselors. I want them dead. But but to, to just knowingly in the brazen attitude, it's not like it's an ancient burial ground. They're just fucking people. Who gives a shit? I'm like, um, you should? Because yes. you have a heart, don't you? A soul? I'm pretty think. sure you can be sued for that kind of stuff as well. Again, even if you couldn't, you just shouldn't. Like, you just shouldn't do that. <laughs> the Freeling family make a run for it from town in their car, and they check into a Holiday Inn, the one that Donna knows. <laughs> they uh, almost left Donna, too. <laughs> like, she gets up, like, drive, Dad, drive! That crazy bitch called my sister's trying to get in the car. In the car. <laughs> I'd be like, leave her behind, Dad, don't worry. <laughs> I think Family Guy I've made a joke about that, too. My parents. <laughs> They're like, Meg's still in the house. Leave him. If we always made that idea, if we're going to leave one kid, we leave Meg. <laughs> <laughs> it was Donna. Um, so... They um, go and check in at the Holiday Inn and to ensure that the the family is safe, Stephen's not taking any risks and he puts the television outside on the balcony for the night. I could imagine chuckling in the theaters when that happened <laughs> for yeah. the first time. <laughs> like, <laughs> In a movie that should not be about chuckling. No. There are some very funny moments, though. Did you notice my last note that I wrote was when the camera starts to back away from the TV and we go down um, the hallway, hallway, the outside light kind of thing, and you see two bright lights and the reflection of the windows. No, I didn't notice at, that. At first glance, I'm thinking because those two bright lights were there and the reflection of the windows when the camera was still. And I thought yeah. it was just street lights from or a street or a lamp post from the other side but as it moves the lamp post the lights move with them and yeah. either 
if this was a cheap film made not by really good filmmakers, I would be like, oh, you dumbasses, you have your camera turned the way I could see the light from the camera reflected <laughs> in the screen. No. Idiots. Toby Hooper and Spielberg knows what they're doing. I think they're yeah. representing that, yes, they're trying to kick the TV out, but there are these spirits everywhere. Yeah. They don't and just they're there, too. TV. Yeah. And it's, or that they didn't, or maybe it, they followed them. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it leaves this sense of ominous yeah. tone. And it's like, I think it's Caroline's tone, like music score wrapped with um, like kind of a deeper sullenness where like a foreboding, like you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Maybe so, they were yeah. planning a sequel then and then we're like, eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, no, they had the sequel already written, apparently. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And Toby Hooper said, nah. And the producer yeah. said, nah. And the studio was like, holy shit, this movie made us a lot yes. of money. We'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Um, <sighs> so that is the 1982, uh, the original Poltergeist by Toby Hooper and Steven Spielberg. Hmm. It definitely has Spielbergian, Spielbergian touch. This podcast is clean. <laughs> Not really. Not really. Um, so as Best always, click that E for explicit there, cat, because I'm going to be very dirty tonight. It's going to be lots of bleeps, child. I'm not bleeping nothing. Uh, bleep I'm not this. apologetic. Um, so as always, cancel. I'm going to cancel you. Uh, what's the last horror movie you watched? Uh, this one. No, no obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that was a that was a really piece of shit thing to say. Um, you know what? I watched so many movies the past like four or five days that I actually had to take screenshots yeah. to remember exactly what I fucking watched so I could go back. Oh, so you remember. Um, I watched. Nice. Please don't. Please don't. Well, I had to remember because I have to write a review for, I try to write a review for everything I watch and oh, please don't let it be paranormal activity next to kid. Oh, thank God. That movie sucked donkey <laughs> dick. Um, oh no. I kind of want to watch it, but we'll see. <sighs> okay. Here's the thing. It's a stupid paranormal activity movie. Um, evil Amish family movie. It's great. Okay. I'll go uh, in as an evil Amish family movie. It's so <laughs> much better. Don't try to connect it. Cause like they don't follow the rules of found footage and it bothers me. Even though I hate oh, found footage. Yeah. Oh really? I love found footage. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me rephrase that. I love found footage. I physically, cannot watch that medium yeah. for a long time that's why i can't watch yeah. the office it literally makes me sick after a while oh okay yeah i get motion sickness from some mm -hmm. types of films and stuff the original paranormal activity i could handle because it's stationary cam very nice cameras stationary yeah. and obviously done by it's meant to look like people don't know what they're doing, but it's done by people who do know what they're doing. So yeah, yeah. It, it's helpful. It's a nice gem, isn't it? The last horror movie I watched was the 2021 Slumber Party Massacre. What did you think? I 
fucking loved it. Yes! I just watched so it recently, much. too. I loved it. I love any time a movie breaks my expectations. Yeah. Have you watched the yeah. original? I have. I watched the original nice. two... <laughs> Actually... I watched the second one. Oh, <laughs> thinking it was the first one. Oh no! <laughs> the and second I'm one like, is nuts. Because <laughs> I was like, wait, why are they? I started watching the second one first, and I was just like, wait a second, why are they talking about something that hasn't already happened yet? Like, oh, wait a Oops. second. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched the first one, and yeah, it's. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's exactly what it says it is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it it's cute. Around. Yeah, it's cute for that reason. But it wasn't like it. I guess I expect it because there's so much lore around the tie the title "Slumber Party Massacre." It's definitely got like a toehold yeah. in the horror community. That I thought it was going to be something so much more intense, like. I thought it was going to be like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I first see that, and I'm blown away by how much more than just Leatherface there was. Yeah. But um, I kind of like where Summer Party Massacre went, and yeah, I, ooh, yeah, I don't mind spoiling the shit out of Poltergeist because it's like a 52-year-old movie, but <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything for Slumber Party because I want more people to see it. Yeah, uh, I absolutely loved it. I adored it. I thought it was fantastic. It's a nice little teen slasher because that's what Slumber pa- the originals, the Slumber Party Massacre was as well. And so I kind of love that they held on to those origins and brought it into this, you know, into our uh, generation of film watching. And I just, I really liked it. It was nice. What's your, what's your favorite joke? Oh, I've only watched it once. I can't remember. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, I'm terrible. Well, your radiator is going to take me about a day to fix. Take about a day to fix it and get the parts. Oh yeah, how about now? As I show you some cleavage, you could see on Google Images. <laughs> still mm, a day. Still, I no. He goes like, I don't think that's going to help your problem very much. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, and here's and this is why. This is what I thought with that. I'm like, really? Come on, girl you're you're thinking that a flash of titties is going to fix this problem like this guy literally is like you want me to get this part fix your car and also get you where you need to go at the same when the in in the same day um if that is possible that is a minimum blowjob I'm not saying that that's I don't know <laughs> prostitution. She started it by showing her tits. So like <laughs> I don't know where why she thought that the boobs would accelerate the process. Exactly. Like if you're gonna go down that line, girl, I would have like pulled my girlfriend aside and be like, look, either offer to suck his dick or don't even bother with the titty, titty shot. Cause like that is not going to help. That's not like getting extra fries in your went in your McDonald's meals. Like that it's is not the same thing. That's where you flash the titties. That's me flash titties for the extra fries. Hey, you know what? I uh, back when I was a delivery driver, uh, someone got a free pizza because of that. Well, there you go. She flashed me. 
Well, there you and go. You're just giving her what a- you're just like, okay, well, you know what? That's deserving of a pizza. You, your confidence and your attitude towards your boobs. Here's some pizza. Where can listeners find you and your podcast? Oh. Podcasters. <laughs> well, if you definitely want to be in line for black and white all night, um, totally follow me on uh, Twitter. That's at TignoTY22. Um, I'll probably be in your show notes there and yeah, um, check out black and white all night. I've checked. There is no other podcast or anything named that. Um, it'll pop up on Facebook and there is a coming soon kind of page you can follow. And that is where everything is going to be posted when fingers crossed that nothing crazy, more crazy happens with the pandemic. I should be able to start actually producing content in early 2022 amazing um but as for the Mary with children podcast you can find us on anywhere you want to get your podcast we're on spotify podbean um youtube we have our own youtube channel uh apple podcast of course um anywhere you if you find us and like us anywhere totally give us a review that's always helps um you can find that at our page um capital m lowercase w capital c space podcast um <laughs> there is lots of Mary with children crap out there on tw- on twitter unfortunately but that is our official page and you'll see a um what looks like the logo of Mary with children but it says um the Mary with children podcast and it's in yellow and green gross like <laughs> text um we're on season 10 of oh, wow. 11 and oh, if you no. guys a li- well a little backstory to this podcast it was actually started by um horror philia's uh skeleton crew podcast alex and uh, alex edwards and his crew created it and we were the when i say me and my hosts we were all fans and we oh, became wow. patrons and we started helping the actual host by doing some of their editing and uh, some like networking for them. And when the pandemic hit, the, uh, ho- the lead host emailed all of us and said, we're giving, I'm giving you guys an update. The end of the, we're not going to continue into season eight. We just can't do it. All of our jobs are too intense right now. And the scheduling is just too hard. And I'm just going to like, Ah, I'm just going to have to close the doors on this. Um, a bunch of us all got together and we made a pitch and we took it over. And uh, he, he he's actually guested uh, the host. All the hosts have guested on some of the episodes we're producing. And it's a complete passion work of love project. That's so cool. That's an awesome story. I love that. Yeah, but it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. And you can totally hear me. Uh, <laughs> evolve as a podcaster, and that's awesome. I uh, this was a, such a lot of fun, Cat. I seriously, thank this you was for being here. Thank you so much for having me and dealing with my talkative, like crazy personality. <laughs> uh, join the club. It's just because it's hitting di- hit dinner time for me that I'm just like, because <laughs> I was like, I need a cheeseburger or something. Yeah, it is. Uh, I have to be at work in. Oh wait, wait. T- is it? Is it Saturday? Saturday? Yeah. Oh, thank God! I don't have to be at work till eleven a.m. and it's five a.m. <laughs> so I can still get five hours of sleep. Mm. 
Amazing. Well, thank you for joining me. I've had an absolute blast finding out so much about this film that I would have never even thought about. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. If you enjoy the podcast, please remember to leave a rating and review where you listen to your podcasts. To catch the latest from me, you can find me on Twitter at catstead underscore or on Instagram at cattgif. To see all the latest news, updates, episode releases from the podcast, please follow the show on Twitter at tgifpodcast. You've been listening to TGIF. See you next Friday. This podcast is now clean. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.